Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Pressing Issues. I'm Rowan. And I'm Joe. Um, That one was longer than I usually do it, because I wanted to see how far my vocals could go. And how far did they go? Uh, longer than usual. Yeah, longer than usual. Nice. Yeah. Um, so, what's going on? Nothing much. I was going to ask you the same thing. How are you going? It's been a little while. It's been a minute. Not for the listeners, because we are nothing no. if punctual. That's. It's been two weeks for them. Yeah. It's been a good few weeks for us. And it's it. been even longer since Pod Daddy himself, Cohen DeGroot, was in the here. room with us. Hi, Cohen. P- uh, it's one word. It's Padaddy. Padaddy. It's Padaddy. <laughs> yes, we got a Co- giggle. <laughs> Cohen is back. He's decided to sit in on our nonsense. He's going to listen to us fucking ruminate on some bullshit. Oh, yeah. Um, he's not. He hasn't got anything to do, so he's not leaving us halfway through, leaving us with our own devices. He's going to... He wants to listen. He's, but he's also going to keep us on the straight and narrow. That's true. He's going to keep us going. We're going to be focused. Mm. There's not going to be any kind of... You know, no random nonsense. tangents. No. Speaking of, did you see Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What po- a, mad? What a mad. What movie. a mad movie. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't uh, know. What a bad. No, nah, it's not bad. Like it's, it's not bad. I just, I feel like I've been calling a lot of things this lately, but it is a mid movie. It is a mid movie. It's like a five point five. Multiverse of midness. Yeah. Yep. I said multiverse of midness. Ah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, that's a that's a movie that is, but slightly yeah. But I the the reason I bring it up is it is slightly prescient to what we're going to talk about today because of a character in that mm. Elizabeth Olsen, Elizabeth Olsen, the Scarlet Witch, the Scarlet Witch, Wanda Maximoff, Wanda Maximoff. Um, we were talking earlier about how I think that she has been just given the raw end of the deal. In terms of these movies, her, in, her entire... Spo- oh, so spoilers for Multiverse of the Madness if you haven't seen it. For um, Cohen. For, yeah. Oh, you don't care, do you, Cohen? Spoil away. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't <laughs> give a shit. He's like, I watched, I don't watch that nerd shit. Yeah, and he's um, right not to. Yeah, he's you, you are, honestly, you're better for it. You're a better person <laughs> because of it. You're better than us. Um, but she... Her entire career in those movies has just been about pain and suffering. And she hasn't yet to take a real win. And in this one, she still does not. She, and then she dies. She takes a big deep dive right off cliff. No, into not the actually. Cliff. But... Into the cliff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The cliff actually, falls on her. Actually, she does into a cliff, yeah. They but also yeah. do my my boy uh, Shumagorath, <clears throat> just so dirty. Is he the the horned one? Is he the... He's the tentacle guy right at the start. They don't even name him. Oh. Is he an actual character? Yeah. Oh, whoops. <laughs> I know. He gets his eye poked out. Yeah, but he's great, usually. He's, like, quite scary. They do everyone dirty in that movie. Like, yeah. Baron um, Mordo remember, has remember nothing that, to do the whole movie. Remember that one dude at the start who sits down and is like, are you happy, Stephen? Well, do you know that he's from the first one? No. He was, like, a major <laughs> character in the first one. I also, like, completely forgot that he had a love interest. Yeah, Christine Palmer. Everyone loves Christine Palmer. You're you're full of shit. Um, they definitely have heaps of chemistry, and it's super cool. <laughs> yeah, they tell um, us. They tell us. Yeah, they, they're like, look at all this chemistry we've got. Um, but anyway, yeah, middling movie, does wrong by Wanda Maximoff. And then we got talking about how basically every iteration of this poor character is, has, done, dirty. is done dirty. And 
She has a lineage of suffering and pain. And what uh, what team does Wanda Maximoff belong to, Joe? Uh, well, Avengers. It's the Avengers. It's the Avengers. Wee-hee-hee. Wee-hee-hee. The um, superhero team. Isn't it weird to think that they, the Avengers are now kind of the most recognizable mm. superhero team in the world? Yeah. I, I remember like, oh, like circa 2009 as a... What, I don't know, 14-year-old, 15-year-old. Um, I remember, like, hearing online them being like, oh, they're going to make an Avengers movie. Like, they're going to make yeah. all the, like, Captain America movies, and then they're going to... They're going to come all together. Splush them together into an Avengers movie. I was like, no way, no way, that's never going to happen. But it's just so interesting that... Because they were the... They were kind of like the last, you know, gasp of... Doing this kind of thing, yeah. So like it, we had, like you know Marvel had already kind of established themselves as being good at ensembles. You know they had the Fantastic Four, which, and then they had yeah. had the X Men, and then over at DC they had the Justice League. And the idea of the Justice League was that they're it perfect. was well they're perfect, but also it was they're all their biggest characters coming together. Yeah, it was the Trinity, it was Green Lantern, and it was all these other people like. Actually coming together and being like, what if you had a comic that had all of your favorite characters in it? Yeah. And Marvel were like, that sounds awesome. We should copy that. Yeah. We can't use Spider-Man. Yeah. You know your favorite fra- your favorite character, Hawkeye. Yeah. <laughs> but this uh, this actually kind of made me think of something. I remember reading, and we're always going to bring them up, uh, Grant Morrison. Uh, at least I'm always going to bring them up. Uh, yeah. In the Supergrots book. They talk about, I think they're talking to Mark Millar about how the- Two the, normal and totally chill people that I'm sure <laughs> had a totally regular conversation yeah. and were not on heaps of acid. Yeah, and didn't end up hating each other. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, because Mark Millar wrote The Ultimates, which is kind of the prototype Avengers movie comic, mm. um, and was saying that the difference between the Justice League, the Justice League is like the Greek pantheon of superheroes, but the Avengers is like a bunch of just like superheroes, like meeting, like like a rugby team of superheroes yeah. that like meet in like the captain's kitchen it's the every perfect, week. It's the perfect kind of like example of what is different about those two publishers and those there's two lots of characters in general yeah is that dc have always been gods and they've always been yeah larger than life and marvel have always been like what if humans had superpowers but they also still you know sucked and had (laughs) human issues yeah and it's been blown more into the kind of corporate superhero ideal i guess but i still think that at its core it is kind of like a bunch of you know crap humans hanging out Mm. Trying to do their best. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so the Avengers, as we all know, 1963. Yeah. A a superhero team that came together to fight uh, odds that they couldn't do individually. Yeah. Loki. It was one Loki. Yeah, but it was real scary. It was really, it was really hard then. And the Hulk was there. And the Hulk, yeah. He was the bad Hulk. Well, no. No, he was Grey Hulk. No, he was green, but he was like... Was he? He was like... For, yeah, no. So the original Avengers story is like Loki manipulated Hulk. That's right. And then they were like, "Oh no, how are we going to fight the Hulk? We need to join together." And like even then, it kind of it wasn't all top tier Marvel characters. No, if that's what I was kind of getting at, is that it yeah. was. Sorry to cut you off. No, it was um, 
DC had the Justice League and Stan Lee was like, well, I can do that. And then he's like, well, I can't throw Spider-Man in there because he's on his own. He's doing and like his, his sales are good. Yeah. X-Men already exist. Fantastic Four already exist. Shit, who have we got left? Yeah. And at this point, so then he threw together Iron Man, Thor, Ant-Man and the Wasp. That was like one other dude, I think. No. That's Iron it. Man, Thor, Ant-Man, the Wasp. Rick Jones is there. Rick, yeah, but Rick Jones is always there. <laughs> a character that I'm still surprised isn't in the MCU. Um, yeah, when's he coming in? I don't know. Um, I guess for context, Rick Jones is kind of like the Robin of like every Marvel superhero. Yeah. He's just there. He kind of does his rounds. <laughs> and he's kind of like, oh, man, look at all these superheroes. He's got a little bit of Jimmy Olsen and vibe like, to There is well. like one. The, the original Avengers is five. I swear to God. No. Oh, the Hulk, the Hulk. The Hulk. No. Because the Hulk is not there yet. And then Captain America comes in in issue four. Yeah. No, I knew that. And that Iron Man is in his, uh, he's just bare ass gold armor. Yeah. <laughs> just, just a big gold suit. <laughs> but anyway. Very so much that was aside. Very much aside. Not so that really, was them. Actually. But like they were all B and C tier. Yeah. They were having middling sales on their own titles if they had a title at all. Yeah, I think it was to boost the sales. It was trying of to all boost everything. Things. Yeah. And then yeah, then in issue four, I believe, if if I'm wrong, I apologize. No, you're correct. Oh fuck yes. <laughs> um they found Captain America in the ice and he was, as they put it, the missing the it missing, missing kind of piece. Yeah. Um and I just, I, yeah, I think it's just so interesting that this thing worked for them twice. That it worked then where they got this, like, lower tier characters, yeah. made a group, and everyone was like, oh, we're into it. And then it happened again when they were like, we're also going to make a movie out of it. And everyone was like, what? And then it worked, and now they're freaking enormous. Yeah. And I find it really interesting because there's not really, like, a shtick to the Avengers other than oh, we're just a bunch of superheroes. Like, they don't even really avenge. No. They're just a superhero team. Yeah. But I think maybe that in and of, of itself is, like, the shtick. It's like, it's not complicated. They're just superheroes. Well, that's it. Like, one of the comics we're going to talk today tries to get into that a little bit. It, like... So, let's let's get into it. The comics we're going to talk to talk about today, mm. it's Avengers Volume 3. Written by Kurt Buzik. Uh... Inked, oh, sorry, penciled by, penciled and inked by George Perez, um, who passed away recently, RIP. RIP. An absolute icon. We talked about him in our Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman episode. But I don't think we gave him quite the no. fanfare that I think he deserves. No, he's, he's, and like, as to what I saw of his reaction, and I think I posted about it on the story, the Instagram story as well, but he just had such a rippling effect on the community. Mm. He's... Like the Avengers are the quintessential superhero team. He was the superhero artist. Yeah. And we'll get into that with a lot of what we talk about this uh, episode. But he just like he spreads the way that he could like incorporate so many characters all doing their own unique thing, like all looking individual, not looking like little stock characters onto a page and not make it feel cluttered. Mm. Yeah. Some really like unbelievable compositions in that comic. Oh, insane. And then... Yeah, so that's our first comic, and then our second comic is New Avengers, written by Brian Michael Bendis. The Illustrated by David Finch. The beginning of the bendis sense. Yeah. The takeover. The uh, the real dark age of Marvel. 
That depends who. That's from you, but that's that's <laughs> the most you take to have. <laughs> the mid two thousands were a time for comic books. They were. Well, what what was that? So this New Avengers came out in 04. Yeah, right at the end. I looked this up. Yeah. And then, like, I think the second issue is, like, January 05. Yeah. And then... Same time that, like, Identity Crisis is Identity Crisis is coming out. We're a couple years away from um, Civil War. All these, like, incredibly post-9-11 depressing comics. Yeah. Well, that's what I kind of want to get into first, is that what I found really interesting about reading these two comics back-to-back is they feel... Decades apart. Yeah, they're so tonally distinct, but they are six years apart. Six years apart. Yep. Which is wild. Yeah. Like, the art style, the storytelling tropes. Yeah. Like, you can just start to sense that in Boosie X1, like, it already, not, dated is the wrong word, but it feels like, ooh, this is a little retro this is a little kind of it's kind of it feels like it's celebrating like that kind of silver age yeah it's very like oh you know we can we're doing like the stanley jack kirby thing yeah totally yeah and then new avengers is like you said it's all mid-noughts it's banter and it's like extreme characterization and it's like the art is david finch's art is all kind of it's, like, weirdly horny at times. Yeah, and it's all kind of <laughs> grotesque realism and, yeah. like... Tell yeah. you what, uh, David Finch and whoever the colorist is on that book, I should know, but I don't. It'll be in the uh, the podcast details. But they do not fit. No. I think that colorist makes David Finch's art just look like... Look like it's, like, plastic that's been blown up from the inside. That's how I think, like, I think all of David Finch's art kind of looks like that. I get, like, he, I remember he had a run in DC when he did, um, I think it was Forever Evil. Yeah. That was, that was, like. Where they were just apparently, like. I think. Yeah. Or maybe even earlier. That's but where. apparently uh, they just told him to be like, hey, man, don't worry. Go nuts. And he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> that's where he gets the alternate universe Superman, Ultraman. Yeah. And because uh, he's the opposite of Superman, he uh, crushes kryptonite and snorts it up like a, like, a, like a line of cocaine. Yep. That's true. Yep. <laughs> Who wrote that again? <laughs> uh, Jeff Johns. That's a Jeff Johns. <laughs> oh, boy. No, actually, no, we're not talking about that today. We're talking about a writer that we like. Yeah, Brian and then a writer, And then a writer that... Well, I was going to say Kurt Busiek and then... Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, then a, and then a writer that I think has had an unbelievable impact, but is quite... He's the good Jeff Johns. He's a good Jeff Johns, but he's still quite div- divisive. He is, and I also find him divisive. But mm. then, in this is good. Mostly. I think, yeah, well, what I think this is, is this is absolutely the beginning of his rise to... Yeah. ...complete power. This is when they saw him on Ultimate Spider-Man, and they were like, oh... You're pretty good at this, actually. Like, let's grab you and put you on the main one. Yeah. And then five years after that... He's got too much power. He's doing everything. Yeah. Every event is him. Yeah. It's the brand one they're doing. Yeah. They're doing too many events. Yeah. Um, and then also, like, his editorial style starts to seep into everywhere else as well. Yeah. You're finding that, like, banter is, is the way to go now. Yeah. It's like... So, yeah, Brian Michael Bendis more than Jeff Johns. I, maybe it's not really a Jeff Johns stick. But Brian Michael Bendis, as a writer, is known for these... Uh, bringing in a dialogue style that is kind of sitcom-esque. Mm. 
when it works, it's great. It's kind of like people just doing back and forth dialogue on like one panel, which because it's on a static image, a lot of writers were like, what? That's insane. Mm. But when it works, it works. And it's really quite conversational and like really gets the pace going in a comic. But sometimes it's just absolutely insufferable. It is, but also because it's like that paired with this rise of decompression. Yeah. Where we'll have five, um, you know, sp- speech bubbles on a on a single panel and the next panel will be the same pattern. Like we're not going, like we're not moving yeah, forward. Yeah, Or it will it will do the thing that uh, I remember the comic Invincible quite uh, famously pointed out. They use repeated comic panels. Yeah. F- like just in one conversation so the artist doesn't, doesn't have, have to. to <laughs> yeah, it's just a drag and click. It's like a control C, control V kind of situation. And it's just like three panels of one dude looking into the camera, like just continuing his conversation. I'm yeah. Like, All right. Um, Let's go. <laughs> Whedon's Astonishing X-Men did that. A bit really? as well. Uh, that's a comic that I haven't revisited in a while, and I'm not too compelled to do so. It's good. I believe that. He's I bad, but it's good. Weeden. I know, but yeah, that's like I don't even want to get into that. <laughs> we don't have to touch. I'm not even going to touch that. All right, let's get into it. So today we are going to talk. The first one we're going to talk about is Avengers Volume Three, Number One. Uh, this is written by Kurt Busiek. Uh, illustrated by George Perez, inks by Al Vey, colours by Tom Smith, and the letters by Richard Starkings from the company Comicraft. Have we talked about Comicraft recently? Uh, no, it wasn't there. They, that... they did letter the Fantastic Four comic we did last week. They were like one of the big letterers of the 90s. So they must have just been... They were just book, doing everything. ...booked out during this. Cause, so this comic came in the same way... It is in the same time as our Fantastic Four one that we did last week. Yeah. It's post-Heroes Reborn. Heroes Return. This is Heroes Return. Yeah. Um, is this this opening story, is this Heroes Return or does it have an individual name? Because I couldn't find that. I think it's just Heroes uh, it's Return. Just Heroes Return. Yeah. And it is. Like, that kind of embodies the story as well. Oh, big time. So. Um, but yeah. Do you want to? Yeah. So we open. Go for it. And every single superhero that has ever once been an Avenger, I had to look some of these people up. I've like I've never heard of some <laughs> of these. Living Lightning, never heard of him. He's an Iron Man villain. Okay. Yeah. Good for him. Dark, I'm glad. Dark Hawk. No, I've heard of Dark Hawk. But I'm I'm glad he's there. He's in the Avengers now. Okay, he's back in the Avengers. Oh. Yeah. But anyway, anyone Good who's been him. anyone who's been an Avenger <laughs> is suddenly getting attacked by D-Man? these. D-Man, we love, we'll get into D-Man. Love D-Man. We love D-Man. Love big D-Man. You, D-Man was the subject of the <laughs> text message that you sent me that you got very cranky at me about. Shut up. Rowan said, I don't like how they're treating D-Man. And I said, I haven't read the comic yet. And he sent back a grumpy face. <laughs> and then we had an argument. <laughs> Tee-hee-hee. <laughs> I like to read the comics the night before. Um, but you didn't this time, actually. No. I did two nights before. Nice. Hey. Love that. Love that for me. Um, anyway. so ev- everyone's getting attacked by Asgardian-esque yeah, monsters. Yeah, like, like Nine Realms monsters. Yeah. And then uh, suddenly they all disappear. And then they... Well, there's a, a bit more build up to it. But I guess this is the overarching plot. Yeah, right? I'm just doing the overarching plot. Yeah, yeah, sure. Then they're all brought together by the original Avengers are in the Avengers mansion. And something's happened. And then... They decide to bring everyone who's ever been an Avenger into the room. Yeah. 
it's a and big, big it's room. a big room, and there's all these characters there, and it's really, it's just that like, it's exactly what you were talking about with that um, George Perez, Perez yeah. like every character looks individual, yeah, and especially because everyone's everyone's got their post nineties, they're still got their like kind of nineties garb, yeah. so all the costumes are big, and they're like, um, quite eye grabbing, yeah, like um, Vance Vance's. Oh yeah, his uh, cape, Justice. Justice's cape has got that classic '90s thing where it like the yeah. shoulder goes right up. It, yeah, it's got that like hard up angle and then like right angle back down. Like yeah, and like he's a, got like he's like got a cape the, with shoulder pauldrons. Yeah, yeah, and he's got one of those like my favorite things, which is like he's not wearing a mask, but he's wearing one of those. Things oh, the Scarlet Witch. Yeah, that like. That, and, like, the gambit, like, the face framer. The face plate. I love them. I love them so much. Oh, yeah. Because it's just, like, it, it's one of these things that, like, it's so quintessentially superhero, but it's also, like, why do you need that? It doesn't do it. doesn't doesn't protect your identity. <laughs> it's giving you no protection for Looks your face. Cool, it looks cool, though. <laughs> yeah. It's framing your, like, handsome face. Yeah. But, and this is kind of the thing as well, that, like, Fantastic Four have a uniform. X-Men, most of the time, have a uniform. The Avengers are just all just superheroes wearing their mm. individual superhero uniform. That's yeah. why it's like they're just a bunch of like mates, just like yeah, they're just coming together because they know they they know they're stronger together. They're stronger together. Yeah. Um. Really quickly, I'm just reading through my notes, and in this first issue, we have a lot, a uh, quite a bit of um Hank Pym, who at this point is going by Giant Man, I think. Yeah. Um. And has been a wife beater. Oh. Yeah. But we're not even going to touch that. Yep. Because <laughs> too much. Fair enough. I thought that's where you were going. No, what? But like, what I want to kind of get into is that he, in all of these um, panels, is he's big, but he's not giant. He's like a little bit bigger than. It's such. It looks like. It's just a good detail. Yeah. 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 There's like when he's hanging out with like, uh, and this is a great scene as well, where Jarvis is serving them all tea. Mm. Jarvis is an actual human being in this, which is great. I don't like it. I think Jarvis is better as a computer program. But he serves them all tea. Yeah, but he's just Alfred. Yeah, but but he's like a little bit more gung ho. Like I think he's a little bit more snappy than Alfred. Like he's, he's what? Like he's not. He's not going like whatever on like tea. He's just like shoving it into their hands, being like, "You have tea. Like you have a bigger tea, giant man, because you're a big dude." <laughs> but yeah, your love, of, your love of Jarvis is dumb. <laughs> um, but they, yeah, they're all hanging out. Uh, Tony. Captain America and Hank, and Hank is like, yeah, he's not giant, but he's big enough to fill the room more than anyone else, and he's like leaning on a chandelier. Yeah, you're like, you could have just been a normal size. He's like, no, I have to be a bit bigger. I have ego problems. I have ego problems. Yeah, and that's what it just so reads as that, and yeah. I think like, and that's visual storytelling. Totally, right? and it's also just complete understanding from, um, Georgie, Georgie and Curdy about like, no, no, uh, Hank Pym is not right in the head like he's all (laughs) fucked up um in that so later on in that issue you know we have the arrival of all these avengers but we have a great scene with um uh hawkeye meeting wanda wanda and pietro Mm. and it's a great little throwback to so post avengers comics at one point they the the team decided they needed a break Every, Iron Man at all needed a break, so Captain America was like, "I need to get some some new some new blood in here," and he uh, yeah, he right. he brought in Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, 
and Hawkeye. So these were all villains. Yeah. That he was decided they're going to be his, um, the you know. The kooky quartet. That's it. Cap's Qu- kooky quartet. No, quirky quattro. Oh. <laughs> we're going to have to Google that and we'll put it on the... I swear. I, I swear it's Cap's quirky quattro. Anyway. Huh. Colin, can you Google right now? <laughs> Do you have access to Google? Anyway. Continue while while Cohen does that, but anyway, so it's a really nice kind of little throwback where they're they're talking about their days as as leading Avengers, and they walk in and they see how many Avengers there's been. They're like, oh, oh yeah, we they're were like, just man, like, we're not even first stringers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they were like, we're just we're just like a blip. Yeah, um, and, and they use like terms like first stringers ties into the whole rugby team metaphor. Totally, I'm, yeah. I'm it's all like it. yeah. no, because it is. It's like a team. They talk about the roster a lot. Like, yeah, yeah. They talk a lot about that kind of stuff, um, and then. Were you right? Yeah, dog. Cap's kooky quartet. What? Can you Google quirky quattro? <laughs> what does that mean, Joe? What does that even mean? What the fuck do you think it means? Is there anything coming up? You're <laughs> no. kidding me. Kooky quartet. <sighs> <laughs> Where'd you pull that one from? I don't fucking know. I've been saying that for like a decade. <laughs> Oh shit! This is like genuinely revelatory for me. I like I I feel real dumb. You think you can come up against me? You fucking yes, I can. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, if we go at this rate, we're never gonna get to the end of this comic. Basically, Thor turns up, and what is happening is that oh man, he is stressed. He's stressed because a big sword. Yeah, uh, the Twilight Sword. The Twilight Sword. Yeah, that's um, used by Serta when he wants to bring about Ragnarok. Yeah, and is that. Is I guess I guess used in the movie when Serta yeah. brings about Ragnarok. I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> it's big sword, big sword, but it's been uh, stolen. Yeah, and so the Rainbow Bridge like... has been anyway. Like what I liked about it, but what I also kind of like had to breeze through. Otherwise, I would have just gotten stuck there. Is like, is they're just diving into this cosmic lore? Yeah, this that is like, like Marvel's known for. It's cool. I like it. Like, um, they get into because I think. Thor wasn't around in the, like, Heroes Reborn, Heroes Return. Or maybe he was. I don't know. I compl- could be completely wrong. But I know he's away for a bit. And then he comes back. And, yeah, it turns out is that Asgard is being completely destroyed and, like, evacuated or something. Mm. Because of Morgan Le Fay, who is the villain of this story, kind of doing her own little Infinity Stones gathering quest. Yeah, with the... Um, with the Norn Stones. The Norn Stones. Which are definitely a different thing. Can't wait for Marvel to do the Norn saga. <laughs> it's coming up. I I was so struck by that reading th- this time because I have read the story in the past, and when I read it in the past, it was probably pre Infinity War the movie. Yeah, and so it just didn't click with me then. But reading this now, I was like, ah, yes, the Norn stones, the Infinity gems. One They're not the same. Are they the same? Not really, no. but they like effectively they're just they powerful. Are. These 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 Norn stones seem like they. Can still do a lot, but aren't like quite as like <laughs> they're dim- not as juicy. They're not as juicy as the um, Infinity Stones. But then, yes, basically. So Morgan Lefay leads them all into a trap, and then has gotten all the Norn Stones and the Twilight Sword and all the Avengers and ever. all the Avengers ever, except Spider Man. 
because he has to go. Uh, yeah, and, that's a good bit, actually. There's a, that's a great bit where Spider-Man says, like, I genuinely have I've no time I've got so much shit, shit going on, yeah. I cannot join this Avengers thing. And then there's a great two panels of Moon Knight, and in that two panels, was more interesting <laughs> yeah. than six whole fucking episodes of that show. Where he's like, I, I cannot deal with this. Right where he's now. like, anything I do now, I do alone. And I was like, cool. <laughs> yeah, that was good. I that forgot was, about that. And then genuinely, I was like, two panels of that was more interesting than six episodes of Oscar Isaac doing whatever the fuck <laughs> he was doing. And this is the good thing I think about music and Perez and their storytelling. In a book with dozens and dozens and dozens of characters... They can nail every character mm. within the space of like a panel. Yeah. With like one speech bubble. And you'd be like, yep, that's Moon Knight. Hawkeye is a great example of this yeah. in this comic. What? Because... Like, and they don't all get starring roles, but you like, you get what their character is. Yeah. Sorry, go on. Well, that's no, because on that, like, they've, what they've done that's really smart is they've brought in Justice, the character. Who's not an Avenger, but he was with... Yeah, he's a point of view character. He's a point of view. He's an outsider point of view he's character. He's from the, the New Warriors. He's from the New Warriors. Love who them. Are, who are maybe, I think, 10, 10 years away from getting all kinds of fucked up from um, Civil War. Not even that long, I think. Not even that long. Seven they get, years. They get blown up. <laughs> yep. Um, By Nitro. Nitro. We'll do Civil War one day. Mm. Well, we will. Yeah, we probably should. We probably should. Um... But he's a great kind of, yeah, outside of you character just to come in and be like, this is insane. You're all crazy. Yeah. Like, this like, is I've wild. I've done some shit in the New Warriors. But... Yeah. But nothing, <laughs> then, like, he, you, like, can so easily forget that Captain America is supposed to be this kind of, like, both calming and invigorating presence. Mm. And by having this character, you're like, oh, he just says things and things get done. Like, yeah, Captain yeah. America has that about him. I think there's a there's a page where they're like, where it's everyone in the room and Captain America's dressing him. And they're like, oh, he's not even like yelling, yelling. really. Yeah. He's just talking. But because it's Captain America, Everyone's everyone listens. And listen. Yeah, which uh, is great. Kind of just trying to speed through the plot. Quickly. Yeah, come on, yeah. Um, then reality warps. Reality warps, and they get turned into olden times, <laughs> yeah. medieval times. Yeah. And they're, but Captain America turns into yeoman America. Yeoman. <laughs> and I don't know what Iron that is. Man becomes, I've never heard of I've that never heard of ye. I don't know what a yeoman <laughs> is, but like, you know what, Cap? Don't worry. Good on you. Yeah. Good on you, yeoman. And then Hawkeye turns into like basically Robin Hood. Yeah. Um, yeah. He calls himself Longbow, though. There are some good ones. Iron Knight Iron is Knight a good is one. Good, yeah. But basically, they've all been brainwashed, and like it's a little unclear, but I think Morgan Le Fay basically just wants a reality in which she is... I, it seems like it's like a separate reality, because otherwise you'd get yeah. all the X-Men and everyone involved, right? And I think she talks about that at the end of it, where she's like, she's, oh, yeah, yeah, I've her, spirited you away to my Because world. her nephew... Um, Mordred. Mordred the evil. Because mm. just in case you didn't know he's evil. He he's wanted, a punk. He's punk. He gets all caught up in bureaucracy and she's like, this isn't fucking real. <laughs> yeah. Why? Are you? She kills one of his. He's like, you can't do that. He was like a, a dignitary. And he, she's like, none of this is real. Yeah, she's like, I made up this world. Yeah. I don't want to do this bullshit political <laughs> I don't nonsense. I do with I'm a supervillain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's great. And, and it kind of, like, that kind of works for the world not being 100% like normal and sense making mm. is because it's like, she's just made this on a whim. She's like, yeah, fuck, I got all the Avengers here in my back pocket. I'm going to make my own medieval world. Bec- I haven't thought about everything about that world, but yeah, but it does have, um, 
trade disputes and yeah. you know foreign dignitaries involved for some reason. <laughs> yeah. But how bold of a choice is to so you're making a comic called Heroes Return. It's where Avengers. All the heroes po- return. All the heroes return, but also this is post a an event where they Oh yeah. Got, they got sprung into a different dimension because of Franklin Richards. Not gonna get into it, very confusing. But then they do it again. They do it again. <laughs> Second issue. They're like, yeah, we're sending him back. And, even, and then Hawkeye even says like, oh, what the fuck? Like, yeah, we're doing this we're again. We're doing it again. Yeah. But anyway, so they have some fun hijinks. It turns out that Morgan the Fae has kidnapped the Scarlet Witch to use her, mm. quote unquote, hex powers. Because she's never been, she's always been ill-defined. This is the start of her, this is her path towards her becoming like the character she is in the movies. Yeah. And like. And in the later comics where they realize like. Because so her kind of beginnings was that she was a character who could um, affect probability. Yeah, and she and then someone along the line was like, "Okay, so that means she's insanely powerful." Then yeah, and everyone was like, "Oh, okay." And then she started. They gave becoming, her like magic powers as well. Yeah, then she started like dabbling in witchcraft. Yeah, that's. It. And then you get into her being a nexus being, um, which is like that she exists across all multiverses and realities as the same person. Sure. Um, there's a couple of those. There's just a couple of those, but like, basically this is the beginning. She's strung up and her power is getting drained and you can just, as someone who's kind of read a lot of Scarlet Witch stuff, you're just like, this is the beginning. This is where it starts her, like... Yeah, this is where WandaVision comes from, essentially. Totally. Well, earlier than this, she'd lost the twins. Yeah, true, true. And, um, the Vision, but... But this is kind of where her being a too powerful woman kind of starts. Yeah, and that trope really sticks with her yeah. in a bad way. Mm-hmm. And it has unfortunately now morphed and become her only characterization in the in the movies. Yeah, which is a shame. Um, Actually, uh, I was about to mention this to you pre-episode, but <gasps> I think the movie could have been better. You think it could have been better? <laughs> if they... <laughs> left Scarlet Witch as the character she was in like the first five seconds of it before they realised she was evil and actually had Mordred, M- Morgan Le Fay as the Scarlet Witch character. Mm. Then I you wouldn't have that. had to broken Scarlet Witch's character. You could have salvaged her. Yeah. And then she could have been... But there's a lot of stuff like... <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean and I agree. It's just that that misdirected the at the beginning really like gave me the shit. Yeah. I was in the theatre I was like... oh. Yeah, and then she could have been, if you had Morgan Le Fay, she could have been that more nuanced character at the end of WandaVision. Yeah, that's that's what just gave me, like, the heaves about it, is that, like, WandaVision, she was slightly one note, but she was a bit complex. Yeah. By the end, she was discovering who she, like, kind of had always been. The Scarlet Witch. The Scarlet Witch. She's reading the Dark Home, all that kind of stuff. And then this mm. one that was just like, yeah, now you're bad. That's it. Yeah. And you're like, anything else? They're like, no, no, just bad. Yeah. <laughs> Just, but also, like, not just bad, like, very, very bad. Yeah. Like, murdering people bad. Sam Raimi bad. Sam Raimi bad. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, they have... It turns out that Morgan Le Fay is, has the Twilight Sword and the Norn Stones, but also the Scarlet Witch is an energy source. Oh, that's too many. Too many things. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. So, hijinks happen. Captain America, because he's quite righteous, gets out of the... <laughs> The like um 
Oh, the spell. The, the spell pretty just, quickly. Just by being Captain by America. Just by being like, he just shakes his head a little bit. He's like, oh, that was weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so his whole journey is that he's trying to get everyone else out. And then also. And then not, Thor. Thor has isn't affected th- because he's already old timey. Yeah. Which is good. I was a little annoyed that his his kind of journey took off. Like he he was like, oh, I feel very weird. And he flew off and then he came back. He's like, I'm all good now. Yeah. And I'm like, what happened off screen? He's like, don't worry about that. Yeah, just had a moment. Um. Wonder Man comes back to save the Scarlet Witch. Oh, yeah, Wonder Man. He's cool. We he love is. him. Yeah, he is inside Scarlet Witch all along. Not in that way. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't. I know. But um, <laughs> he's a he's basically a being of pure energy. I am. Um, I, ionic energy. Mm-hmm. And it seems odd that the MCU haven't done him yet. Yeah, he's like an actor turned superhero. Yeah. He's great. It's he comes we... back and he has a big... Uh, like a kaiju fight, like where he yeah. goes giant with um Morgan the Fate, and That's it's great. Awesome. <laughs> um, and there's a great moment of like comic booky logic where oh they all hold they Scarlet Witch's hands, hold, and and someone even says, yeah. I don't know how this is working. <laughs> Our energies are not compatible, but anyway, here you go. They all hold hands, and so that like, Wonder, so Wonder nice. Man can beat can up. Morgan Le Fay. It's good. It is great. I'm saying it's good. It's I, fantastic. I know. It's I, I, fun. I was like, I was exclaiming, it's good. It's, this is the same as that Fantastic Four that we read <clears> last week in that it is just unbelievably fun. It is. It is just a rollicking good time. Yeah. Um. And it's just, it's funny to just always consider that, like, we're never going to get comics like this again. Yeah. We're just never going to get them. Yeah. Not going to happen. Too charming. Too charming. Too, like, I guess old school. It's quite retro. Um, But I, yeah, I really... At, at least at Marvel or DC. Totally. And then it ends with um a great <laughs> Hank McCoy... The Beast. The Beast saying, what are you going to do with 42 Avengers? And I was like, what a great fucking ending. <laughs> it's he looks so good. insane. Yeah, yeah. That's that period of The Beast where he doesn't, like, he's still quite humanoid. Then he has those, like, Wolverine hair spikes. That's my, he, that's my favorite design. I don't know. I really like the Cat Beast. I don't like Cat Beast. Even though I just said I like Astonishing X-Men. But I don't like Cat Beast. Well, that's a Grant thing. That's a new X-Men thing. Oh, sorry. Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, I, sorry I maybe, you know, <laughs> insulted your one and only. <laughs> they you know, vamp for a second, I need some water. Um, yeah, but it, it is um, it is really Good quite <laughs> celebratory of that, um, you know. It's, it's celebratory of a legacy. And it not it kind of does the opposite thing to Fantastic Four last week, where mm. Fantastic Four kept being like, oh, man, Onslaught, that was a weird time. Like, Heroes Are Born, we were sure acting weird then. They're like, the Avengers and Kurt Music are being like the gentleman approach, where they're like, no, we're just having a good time. Yeah. Superheroes are cool. They're just cool people. They're your friends. You'll you'll be fine. Yeah. Um, But what are we going to do with 42 of them? What are you going to do with 42 of them? And then I actually read the first couple of pages of the next issue, and it's very fun, like, where there's too many trying to attack, and it's just... Yeah. It's a total total mess. Uh, Ah. Yeah. Easy recommend to the rest of that run. Yeah. It's very good. Kurt Music and George Perez. Oh. And then six years happen. Six years happen. It genuinely, like, it, honest to God, felt like 15. Yeah. Like, in turn, just, I I know I said it, but like, stylistically and thematically and tonally. Yeah. And building off what we kind of seeded here, 
Avengers Disassembled happens, where the Scarlet Witch goes crazy yeah. and dis- disassembles the Avengers, basically. And this is it. So she does that before House of M. Yep. New Avengers leads into House of M, doesn't yep. it? So now we're talking about New Avengers. Mm. New Avengers. Yeah. New Avengers. (laughs) After six years. Um, So we got Brian Michael Bendis on writing, David Finch, penciler, Danny Mickey as inker, Frank DeMarta as colorist, and Richard Starkings and Comic Craft back at it again on letters. Still? Yeah. Oh my God. After six years. Yeah, great work if you can get it. Holy shit. (laughs) Mate, he's he's living well. Unbelievable. I could not, like... I've genuinely never given much thought to letterers, but like they work what on a, what a job. Yeah, and they do good work. They do great work. They do incredibly like necessary work. Yeah, I just was uh, like not the kind of work that I ever thought I would ever want to do. Yeah, and I I'm... think uh, Richard Starkings is the the like the big industry one who has done like is like a titan and did so much of it. Yeah, and is known just for sheer quantity of work. Yeah, well, I guess you could like. It's it's the least physically demanding or time demanding job of a comic. I would creation, say so. I'd say. Yeah, yeah. You could probably pump it out a fair yeah. bit. Um, but yeah, <laughs> Brian Michael Bendis. I just went to lean on the bench again, and Cohen gave me a look. <laughs> Don't fucking do it. Don't do it, Joe. Don't do it. Brian Michael Bendis. So he started up in the nineties writing noir comics for Image. Noir. Noir. Um, moved over to. That's French for black. Wait, does that mean so in The Boys, Black Noir is just Black Black? I haven't watched The Boys. Yeah, it's bad. I don't like it. <laughs> it's a shockingly me take. I don't like a very popular... I don't think I would like it either. No, I don't think so. Um, Carl Urban's pretty good, though. I like To, Carl, to have I a like superhero show that the the pitch is, what if superheroes are bad? I'm yeah. like... What if superheroes no. fuck? And you're like... No. <sighs> It's probably good. I don't know. No, anyway. it's just that always that thing of, like, <laughs> that kind of idea that, like, if superheroes really existed, uh, they would all be, like, fucking murderers. And you're like, But cool. it's, like, satir- satir- sat- satirical. Oh, it is satirical, but it's satire based in, like, this, like, that, that, yeah. that the, idea. The Watchmen concept. The Watchmen concept of, like, no, no, superheroes are still human with human faults and yeah. therefore, like, absolute power corrupts absolutely, like... Anyway, yes. Brian Michael Bendis. I oh, know it's just so boring. Um, <laughs> but actually, that's what like that's why I kind of always have liked Brian Michael Bendis because he is able to kind of take that fantastical element of the I am on fire today. Um, <laughs> too many donuts. A few too many donuts. Rowan brought us donuts. It was so nice. Um, but Bendis has always been able to kind of like deal in the fantastical, but keep it grounded. But keep it grounded enough, but also like treats it with enough kind of reverence. Like, he is... There's a, I think there's, like, an absolute reason that, like, Superman was the kind of perfect end point for him. Mm. Or, for, like, somewhere for him to end up recently. Yeah. Is that he's got that kind of, like... No, no, I absolutely... He's got that love of... um, Like, he loves the concept of superheroes. Yeah. And he loves this idea of them, like... In a way that Jeff Johns loves superheroes, but is ashamed, ashamed to express it. Yeah. Brian Michael Bendis is not. He's like, they're fun. They wear capes. Yeah. It's great. But then he's like, but then I can also make them talk like they're in a sitcom. Yeah. He... <laughs> For its superhero friends. Um, yeah, it really is. It... I got that vibe so hard. And it was like, that's my only... For better or worse. Yeah. 
So he kind of he came in and he was doing Ultimate Spider Man, hmm. um, which we have talked about in an episode that's never coming out, um, except on Patreon. <sighs> I had to do it. Yeah. Anyway, but he was also at the time doing um, mainline Daredevil. Yeah, which he's like, he's quite famous for his run on Daredevil. And then the offer came through for Avengers. Yeah. He also did Jessica Jones. Yes, he created Jessica Jones. The TV series is quite heavily based on his run, I think. Yeah. Have you ever read it? No. It's really good. I believe you. It's really, really good. Also a TV show I really like. Yeah. Yeah. It and Daredevil were the two that I really enjoyed. Yeah. And then the rest I was like, okay. But then he... What he actually he wrote Avengers Disassembled. Yeah, he was the one that was like, "We're going to break the team." And I do wonder, actually, was there an actual six month gap in between that Avengers Disassemble and New Avengers publication gap? Yeah, I don't know. We could look it up, but because that would be interesting if they put him on and he his pitch was like, first I'm going to break the team, and then we'll wait six months, and then I'll start a new team." They would absolutely not do that. I can no. see them doing that in 2004. No way. That's saying that's basically them saying like you can pause revenue for 6 months. Yeah, but they have other books that are making money. Totally, but nothing like what the Avengers would have been making at that point, I suppose. But anyway, that would be interesting. It would have been interesting. I don't think they did that. So he wrote the event that made the Scarlet Witch go crazy and yeah. destroy the team. And then he brought them back together as the new Avengers. Yeah. So six this comic... months later in publication history. And this is kind of what no, I... No, continuity. Non- continuity history. Um, this is kind of what I was getting at before, where, like, this comic, his whole kind of thesis is that he asks, like, what makes a, an Avengers team? Yeah. What elements are here to kind of, like, make it a team? Yeah. Who do you need? Like, what... What's the what's the mix? Yeah, like wh- yeah. What is the thesis of the Avengers? Yeah, and so he's he starts it with, and in classic Bender style, it's like, oh man, it's so big. Everything's <laughs> so big. Um, so we have we have, uh, Daredevil, who's Matt, Matt, Matt Murdock specifically. He's not Foggy, in his... Foggy Nelson arriving at the raft to talk to Sentry at the behest of Reed Richards, and they're tagged along with. Jessica Luke, Drew. Jessica Drew and Luke Spider Cage. Woman. Spider Woman, but she's working for S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. And Luke Cage. And Luke Cage. And then off screen in another. Well, they sorry, in they another really scene. had all of those Netflix characters. Brian Michael Bendis loved them. Well, he did, the, like, he was the one that when they. Um, he did the Defenders series on. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Where they were Luke like. Luke Cage. Luke Cage, Daredevil. Jessica, Jessica um, Jones, and Daredevil, and yeah. Iron, Iron Fist. Oh, yeah, he wasn't there. He wasn't there, no. Yeah, that's fine. He was. They hired Luke Cage of, of Heroes for Hire. They went, yeah, they left that's Iron it. Yeah, Fist yeah, yeah, over yeah. there. Um, <laughs> so anyway, they get to the raft and Electro blows it up. The raft is a, is a super hu- superhuman su- prison. Alcatraz. Yeah, off the coast of Manhattan. Hmm. Um, Electro has been tasked, has been hired to blow it up by Sauron. Sauron. Cray- <laughs> Kyle, no. <laughs> Carl Lycos. Carl Lycos. That's Not I... the Sauron of uh, <laughs> Middle-earth, but the guy who is a mutant vampire that when he gets too close to mutants, he turns into a pterodactyl. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, he's it. great. He's a fun character. <laughs> yeah. um, so then basically, yeah, everyone's broken out of prison 
and it's a big old... 42. 42. Um, big old superhuman riot. So Spider-Man can see it from his apartment, because apparently he has, like, the best view in, <laughs> He's in like, he's at home, like, he's he's about to watch... Um... A Hugh Grant movie. And he's like, oh, I don't want to watch a Hugh Grant movie. Yeah. And I'm like, get over yourself. Yeah. I bet it's great. It, it it's, it's the Christmas one, right? They don't say. He just, he just yeah, says... but they, they infer it. What? They it's... talk about Love Actually. I reckon it's Love Actually they're about to watch. Amen. It was around that time. Good movie. Fun movie. Um, um, but then, yeah, he sees a big big old explosion at the raft. And he webs on out there. Webs onto a helicopter. Webs onto a helicopter, gets dropped off in the water, and then is helped up by Captain America. Good scene. Great scene. Um, and then, yeah, they fight, and it's a great kind of, like, team up where, like, it's a great example of that whole coming together to take care of a problem they couldn't individually Yeah, and that's do. the thesis statement. Yeah. Brian Michael Bendis is like, this is a team that came together in the midst of, like, chaos mm. out of necessity. Yeah. And he does that. He he does love to do this in that the first two issues are told sequentially and then the third opens. Oh, yeah. They do a flash forward. They do a flash. They, yeah. They, they do a jump forward and then a flash back. Yeah. That's it. Um, And their jump forward is... um. They do a record scratch. Yeah. You might wonder how I ended up here, but they, yeah, it's Tony and it's Tony and um, Cap going. Hey, we really witnessed something amazing last night. <laughs> yeah, and there's a great, good. there's a great splash page of all of them fighting. It's it's kind of funny that the first three issues are so decompressed. Well, it's exactly what he did with. It's the inverse of the last Avenger series he talked yeah. about. Well, yeah, that's it. Like. Busiek's and Perez's, like, had maybe three pages of, like, here's everyone that was like, and bang, here we go. Yeah. Whereas this is, yeah, it's it's exactly what Bendis did with Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah. Where he took a 15-page origin story and he made it yeah. six issues. And I think it, it does work here. It works here because it's not as stretched out. Yeah. There is the two There's issues. still a lot going on. There's still a lot going on, but the, the two issues work because there's a lot of good visual stuff to keep you occupied in the raft yeah and then i actually do think like as kind of bendacy as it is the the the, the jump forward and the flashback yeah well, is, is effective yeah totally and because like you said it gets to the mission statement and it gets to the two main avengers talking about like yeah what it was that made them become avengers in the first place thor's not here he's somewhere else he's doing something he's donald blaking it elsewhere sure um and then the Sentry takes Carnage up to space and rips him in half. Yeah, that's cool. I like that a lot. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah. Um, and then we don't see the Sentry for a while. No, we don't see the Sentry again until the end of this arc. Yeah. And then the second arc is all about... So don't worry about the Sentry. He's don't basically worry Superman. But he's, like, created himself. But he's crazy. <laughs> he's, like, cre- it's... It's all this meta stuff about comic books, and yeah. it's it's really... You, get you really it. do not have to worry about it right now. We'll get into it one day. It'll be really fun. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so then, you know, the Avengers have issues with S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm. S.H.I.E.L.D. being Oh, uh, this is, is this, like, the first example in the mainline continuity of, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. being kind of corrupt? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Secret War. Oh, uh, yeah, but that was a, that was a Bendis drone as well. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess Brian Michael Bendis' Marvel oeuvre is basically making the big... 
uh, too powerful policing Entities. force yeah. corrupt. Absolutely. Which is interesting. Wait, and two? Uh, what else? I only said one. You said two. I only meant one. Oh, you meant one. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Shield. Shield. Um, so they're being cagey and then it turns out they're kind of corrupt. Yeah. They travel to the Savage Land where Wolverine... The Savage... You, you know the Savage Land. You know the Savage Land. It's the land that, you know, time forgot and there's dinosaurs and... It's in Antarctica. Yeah. And apparently it's like a no-fly zone for... Yeah. So no country is allowed there. Yeah. Because um, that would definitely <laughs> exist here. It's in Antarctica, but it's dinosaur land. And it's hot. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, they go there to try and find Carl Lycos and... Sauron. Sauron. The pterodactyl man. Yep. And... Also a vampire. It's weird because, like... Yeah, this is kind of the opposite of that... The Avengers... The other Avengers run in that... It's not trying to be too goofy. There's a bit of goofiness in there. There's a bit of goof, but it's also not trying to be too plotty. It's it's playing a very long game. Yeah. This is This is back when... Like, so this is heading more into... a time now where, and especially Bendis loves doing this, where he is both episodic and um, He's like, he's got a season almost planned. And I think that works for this series more than other Bendis series, because from the get-go, you have an end point. They they say in the uh, prison break, in the raft break, 42 supervillains are out there. Mm. So the end point is we got to get them all back. Yeah. There is like a through line where they're like, we're like, this is constantly at the end that we're looking forward to. Yeah. It's not just, oh, we're a superhero team. Yeah. It's like, we got to get these guys back. Which I just think helps for him in terms of, he's not looking to tell a totally complete story every three issues. Yeah. He's got his little runs and he's got his longer. You lost season one, if you, if you will. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, yeah, so then Wolverine joins the team and that's it. Oh, yeah, Wolverine's there. Wolverine's there. He's just <laughs> snicking all he over the place. He's just in the Savage Land. He's just in the Savage Land. Without also, shirt. Trying to, also trying to find Carl Lycos. Sauron. Because he said someone, he said there was no Avengers and Shields hard to get on the phone. So he called the X, this person called the X Men. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been rough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I think that's, yeah, that's basically the plot of that. And then I'm just kind of like, I really like this comic. I re- It's one of the first comics I kind of ever read. Yeah. I read it when I was in high school, back when I didn't like comics, um, like an idiot. And I just think it works. I think it's kind of all of Bendis's isms, but not, but I think we're still a few years out from them being so insufferable egregious yeah. yeah um and so it's i think it's every element of him that i really enjoy mm. and like the master stroke is for him as well is that like it seems like an odd it seems like it took a while for him to get spider-man even though it seems like spider-man is his perfect avatar yeah because you've got a character that can be goofy can be endearing can be emotional can banter yeah, well, he's the he's the guy on the team that makes everyone not just serious adults. Yeah, I I love Spider. He is he's good in this, and I think overall I do agree with you. However, oh, all right, Buzz Killington <laughs> over here. I, think... I only like old comics. <laughs> no, well, <laughs> interesting that you say that because I think there are a couple of moments in this comic that are. Dangerous. Would you like to get even further from your mic, Jesus? <laughs> I'm just trying not to pop off, Joe. 
<laughs> oh, you can see the levels. Um, but yeah, I think there are a couple moments in this comic that are quite 2000s-y. Yeah, throw them at me. Uh, the bit where Spider-Woman gets in costume for the first time and walks down the stairs and everyone's like, oh, damn, girl. Oh, like, stop. Like, you're giving us... Uh, Bonus! <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> then there's another bit where they see the other Black Widow, Yelena. Oh, and Spider-Man says, so, no, Black Widow like, has red hair and bigger... Yeah, and someone cuts him off. Yeah. Yeah. That's... That's yeah. That's kind of in just, like inexcusable, and I, I admit defeat there. But it's just. But, but overall, it's still enjoyable. Those yeah. are just like little moments where I was like, "All right, this is a two thousand and four comic." I was reading um, this comic next to Rebecca, and I, I just pointed at that like picture of Spider Woman, and I was like, "Olivia Wilde's going to direct a movie about her, probably." <laughs> and Rebecca was like, "Okay, I don't care." <laughs> It's like, who is it? I'm like, Spider-Woman. She was like, there's a spider... No, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> they literally do that in this comic where someone's yeah, like... Yeah, I was like, are you guys related? He's <laughs> like, no. No. That, that is pretty good. And there is, yeah, there is good back and forth banter between Spider-Man. But sometimes it does get... It does touch on egregious. I did record a couple of moments. Oh, all right. You came with receipts. <laughs> yeah. I'm just looking through my notes as well. Um... But there is a there's a couple of like weird little um like actual life technology foreshadowing moments where um they're in the Quinjet all together and um Spider Man asks for the phone. Spider Man's like, I gotta call my wife <laughs> and tell her that I'm not gonna be home tonight. And Tony Stark's like, Yeah, man. Just, just speak. Just say call and then say number. It's the future. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I hate it. Um <laughs> Which was fine. I just thought that was funny. But then there's one, like... Uh, one, one thing I really liked, if we're just talking about... Before you get into your fucking list of things you hated. <laughs> they, I didn't necessarily hate these. I just yeah. thought they were quirky. I really like Cap's quirky quattro. Quirky quattro! Uh, I'm going to get t-shirts made. Um, what I really liked about in the prison break was that they did these... There were so many villains that they wanted to introduce, so they did little mug shots in the... Yeah, that was I good. like that. I did like I that. I like that shit, because it's comic booky. And that was quite, like... That was them doing, like, a mid-2000s TV thing, where it almost, like, freeze frames, and it has, like, a little info card over the top of them, like, filter. It was like, yeah, this... Here's a... Um, fucking... That's what Suicide Squad does. Yeah, it's like, here's this villain. This is, like, AKA their actual name. And yeah. then this is where they're from. This is their powers. But this is good, and when they do it in Suicide Squad, it's bad. Yeah. Wait, oh. do you mean the latest Suicide Squad? No, no. I mean, okay. sorry, not the Suicide I mean Suicide Squad. Easy I mistake. Sh- I should Easy have put a definite, a definite article there. My Easy apologies. mistake. No, that's fine. All right, lay on your list of <laughs> problems. I'm just I'm just scrolling through the saved photos that I have. The bit when they're in the Savage Land and all strung up naked. Yep. Uh, there's a bit where um, Jessica Drew says, they couldn't leave our underwear on. And Spider-Man says, I wasn't wearing any. And then Jessica Drew says, why wouldn't you be wearing underwear? And he says, I chafe. And then Jessica Drew pauses for a panel and says, I want off the team. I thought that was funny. <laughs> I thought I like. I but it thought... also just put a really gross image of Spider-Man's bits just dangling around in his costume. I was thinking about that as well. <laughs> and then later on in that same issue, though, he goes like, "My booties," and Luke Cage <laughs> says, "Booties." <laughs> you what? And he's like, "What do you call me?" He's like, 
boots. <laughs> it is pretty good. I didn't have that as like a great Yeah, see, se. that is good. Good <laughs> things are good. I win. Um, I do think Wolverine's characterization was not great, though, in this comic. No, he's he's a benderized version Bendicized. of it. Bendicized. Benderized. Benderized. Yeah. No, yeah, that's right. Bendicized. It um, just, like, I felt like it ignored a lot of his kind of history where they built him up to be like, you know, like the noble savage kind of idea. But in this one, he's like, oh, I love killing. <laughs> I love killing. No, but the same kind of thing, like, there are things that Cap says that you're like, Cap would never That's true. say this. It's yeah. just like, sometimes Bendis just is just like, oh, I write, like, there's a, there's a, there's like a screenwriting trick where you should be able to cover the, the like, name of who's talking. Right. And you should be able to tell who's talking. Right. And I think... Yeah, Bendis occasionally falls into that trap of like he kind of loves the sound of his own voice. <laughs> so his characters all kind of sound like him. Yeah, that's right. Um, and so like yeah, there's sometimes Cap. You're like, no. And it's what be, like what I think. Um, there's there's a lot Uzi of points does... in the comic where Cap says, "Good man." Yeah, good man. <laughs> yeah, I think in like one panel he says it twice to Spider Man. He's like, well, all right. He needs to make sure that he knows that he's a good man. Um, that's what I think Busiek does so well, is that, yeah. like, everyone sounds individual yeah. in that comic, which is so hard when you've got 42, 42 X-Men. Sorry, 42 Avengers. Jesus, I'm very tired. That's, that's next week. Oh, we should wrap this up soon, I think. Oh, we're doing pretty good for time, We're doing pretty actually. good time? Yeah, yeah. Okay, you've got the clock on. Yeah. Um, I'm, just, well, we're just, I'm just watching Cohen kind of get, like, lower and lower and lower <laughs> and lower. <laughs> Uh, no, well... Well, I'm just trying to think, like, this... There, there's not a whole lot else happens in New Avengers, which is good as well. Like, it's not overstuffed. It's no. It's probably the right amount. But it's interesting to look at that and just imagine that that is the... That is the beginning of basically a decade of storytelling. Yeah. That kind of, like, that all stemmed from... And that Bendis, this is Bendis even... being like, we need to explode the Avengers. Yeah. And then I'll fucking put them back together. It even builds off stuff that Bendis has written in Marvel. Like, he, he has Daredevil in here. And yeah. um, Darede- like acknowledges that Daredevil's just had, like, an identity he's outing. He's been outed, yeah. And um, Cap goes to recruit him, and he's like, ah, he does the same thing as Spider-Man in the other comic, where he's like, I just do not have the time to be an Avenger right now. He's like, absolutely not. And he even is like, I don't know how Spider-Man does... How, no, he says, has, I don't how know how Peter Parker does it, and then he's like, oh. Oh, oh I just shit. outed Peter Parker. <laughs> he's yeah, like, you know right. who Peter Parker is, don't you? And he's yeah. like, yeah. He's like, please don't tell him I did He's that. like, yeah, he's on the team. <laughs> yeah. Cap's like a kid. He's like, yeah, I'm making a team. Yeah. A team That's of my good. friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, He joins the Avengers eventually. Yeah. Right. I think he's in Hickman's. In, in, no, I think he's in Avengers yeah, team. Oh, like, later on in his yeah. run. Well, because, like, I'm trying to map it out. Like, it goes from this to... House of M. Yeah. Well, this is the kind of the start of Marvel doing summer events. Summer events, well, yeah. Where this but leads for the next, like, ten years, yeah. it's all... Bendis written Bendis events. Written events. And they all kind of, like, stem off. No, this... so it's not House of M. It's... it's um... No, it is House of M. Is it House of M, then Civil War? Yeah. Yeah. Then... Civil War is a Mark Millar thing, though. And then Civil War leads into... Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion, which leads into Dark Reign. That's where Norman Osborn is the president. Yep. And they and were then... like, this could never happen in real life. Whoa! 
<laughs> oh dear. Um, and then Dark Rain leads into Siege. Siege, which leads into the Heroic Age. The Heroic Age and Fear itself. But that's a different thing. That's a different thing. That's a map. But, yeah, but no, Siege Siege is like the end. Yeah. Siege is the end of Well, well that's this. a that's a century story. Yeah. And it's also a Thor story. Yeah. And Century is kind of brought back or brought into the mainstream at the start of this story. Mm. So yeah, I guess he he is really playing the long game when you put it like that. But it's just amazing to see like he's doing that and he's doing the long game in Ultimate Spider-Man as well. Yeah, he's got a lot of cogs turning. I don't know how he does it. Genuinely doesn't know how he does it. Anyway. That's anyway, what, I that's think what they pay him for. I, yeah, that's true. <laughs> how much do you reckon they get paid? Bender's probably got a lot. I'm... Comic Pants. book salaries I have is probably, like... Wildly something... different from writer to writer. Oh, for totally. sure. But like, I would love to know what, like, the going rate is. I don't Actually, know if the... anyone knows... Yeah, like, please write in. Tweet at us. Um, I know All when... All two um, of our followers. When, yeah. <laughs> One of them's you. <laughs> when Hickman um, came back to do House of X, Powers of Ten, because he had kind of famously, like, finished his Marvel Ubra with Secret Wars. Yeah. I think... I'm not 100% sure if this was discussed or if it's just, like, hearsay. But he was like, hey, if I'm going to come back to Marvel, you're going to pay me the big bucks. Yeah. And they were like, all right. They're like, okay. We, ha- <laughs> we have, they checked the bank and they're like, you know, we've got those. Yeah. We're Disney. Yeah, they're like, we're actually going, doing really, really well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we could do that. Since you are a straight white male, we can do that for you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and on that note, let's do our one perfect panels. Yeah. We gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta go. Um, <laughs> gotta eat some more donuts. I, I, no, no more donuts. I feel a bit sick. Um, <laughs> you can take them back to back. Oh, yeah. But she basically, knows now that you would have had donuts if you don't do it. Yeah, she'll Because she it. listens to this podcast. She does. Love that. I, Hi, was, I was in bed the other night and. Um, Disgusting. Sorry for sleeping. <laughs> I just said I was in bed. You fucking monster. <laughs> Go no, on. and she was, like, staying up and she was pottering around the apartment and I heard my own voice and I was like, nice. one, put headphones in because <laughs> I don't want to hear that shit. Um, <laughs> but she was listening to the Wonder Woman episode, which nice. I had already warned her not to listen to. That turned out actually better than I was expecting. Like, the Wonder Woman episode turned out better than I was expecting. Yeah. I really left that record being like, well, that was terrible. <laughs> in the next episode, you were like, that was a bad episode. <laughs> I was. Um, perfect panels. Perfect panels. Let's do, uh, Perez's first. Yep. You go. All right. Mine is one quarter of a splash page. Um. Which is, in its own right, is a very good splash page. It's an incredibly good splash page, but this one I really liked because it is exactly what you were talking about in terms of every character. So this is Thor, Hawkeye, and Vision, and the Beast. And whoever this person is. Oh, okay. Sorry. There you go, Cohen. Look, the comics. Wow. Um, and I really like it because it's exactly what you were saying about Prez's ability to characterize and showcase multiple characters without it being kind of like overstuffed and, you know, just like a, an eyesore. Yeah. And also, I love bounce lines. Oh yeah, I love bouncing I love beast. Bouncing beast. <laughs> yeah. And I just love bounce lines in comics. Yeah. So see these going where like so you can say like that's where beast started. That's his bounce line there. Bonk bonk bonk. 
and it's like it's a way of conveying that he's like agile and he's moving and he's doing and I just Moon Dragon's there. Moon Dragon, uh Visions phasing. Someone's um, boots are in the corner. Hawkeye's I think that's Stingray's boots. This one here. Yeah. Yeah, that's someone. Anyway, that's my one poke panel for that one. Okay. Do you want me to shoot with my? Yep, you go with yours. So mine is the one that I was kind of talking about before, where all the Avengers hold hands <laughs> so they can power up Wonder Man so he can continue absolutely slamming a giant Morgan Le Fay into a castle. Uh, in which Wonder Woman says, Wonder, Wonder Man, pardon me, Wonder Man says, yes, keep it up, Wonder, pour it on. Yeah. <laughs> That was hard to not read that as, like, really sexual. <laughs> that was a bit weird. Yeah. But then, yeah, and then Giant Man in his medieval armor says, she's weakening, Wanda. We can do it. We can beat her. Just don't slack off. <laughs> yeah, don't slack off. <laughs> it's like, sort of like, I love how she's like, you know, you weren't just captured for God knows how long and, yeah, you know, chained, chained up. up and drained, but, yeah. like, don't slack off don't now. Um. My one for New Avengers is very different. It's actually the one that you were talking about where he says good man, Cap says good man twice. <laughs> um, and it is the panel in which he's trying to recruit Spider-Man and Spider-Man says, he agrees and says, honestly, I could really use the money. Mm. And the captain said, oh, there's no money. <laughs> good. And Spider-Man says, that's, that's so me. It's not even funny. <laughs> which is a very Bendis line. But yeah, he, called, he says good man to him twice. Yeah. <laughs> Which means yeah. that someone in editorial read that and tried to be like, hey, too many good mans. And Bendis was like, nope. Oh, did you fucking say to me? Touch me. Yeah. And the editor was like, oh, great. <laughs> my, uh, my Bendis one perfect panel isn't It's super... them all naked, isn't it, you sicko? It's not. All right. It's, it's not super related to the story, but I just quite liked it because I quite like Sauron. <laughs> it's when get, he appears in his pterodactyl okay. form before he gets it's shot in the head. <laughs> He does this campy villain speech, which I will I will read out, and I'm gonna do an accent. Okay. Oh, <laughs> do you really need to do an accent? That seems like it's dangerous. My, my pterodactyl accent. Oh Jesus! <laughs> no, I can't. I'm sorry. You should have listened to your leader. You never get too close to Carl Lycos, even if it's to kill him, because by doing so, you allowed me to take the mutant energies out of your mutt body and pour them into mine. And now you get to see me for who I really am, Sauron. And then he gets shot in the head. Yeah. It's really hard to like. <laughs> I love that campy shit. I know, shit. but it's. <sighs> it's it's like literally Bendis going like. Remember, how com- we're, remember we're comics? Being serious now. Remember comics? Yeah. <laughs> it is. Yeah, that's really funny. It was a good I speech really though. That I like that he got to call Wolverine's body a mutt body. body. <laughs> Uh, uh, so what's your what's your choice? I'm going New Avengers this yeah, week. I thought you would. Oh, you mutt! You get that mutt body away from me. <laughs> yeah, New Avengers for me this week. There's just something like it's everything I like about Bendis, and kind of just knowing it's like also it was one of my entry points into mm. into Bendis's kind of long kind of tenure at Marvel. Um, and it has quite a soft spot for me, and I enjoy it. My entry point into comics, which I think says a lot about me, was Cable and Deadpool. We'll dig into that one day. (laughs) (laughs) But I think my choice is um, 
it's the Kurt Busiek and George Perez Avengers. Because it's just, it's shocking. so fun! What a shocking turn of And events. it's such a pure take on Avengers. Like, it's a superhero comic about superheroes. About yeah. 42 of them. About 42 of them coming together and being like, what if superheroes were good and fun? Yeah. And it's like the anti-MCU Avengers also, which ticks my box. How? What do you mean? Oh, I don't know. I just think it's like not really, it's not like the corporate team that Avengers turned up being in MCU. What? We're going to dig into this into another episode because this is, <laughs> this is your big thing where you kept like... Well, I keep going you, back to G- that. Gene called them <laughs> Elon Musk's Avengers and I you I keep going back to keep... that, like uh, the post Age of, Ven- uh, Age of Ultron scene where they're like, they're in this like government sanctioned base and they're like walking around in these like big plane halls and stuff. And I'm like, oh. So corporate. Whereas in this one, they're literally hanging around in Tony Stark's, like, living room drinking tea. Yeah. Okay. I get it. Yeah. You, yeah. All right. It's it's just... what well, Maybe corporate's the wrong word, but it feels more world, buddy. Po- world police Yeah. Like the MCU one does. Yeah. And this just feels like... Pals. Yeah. Pals being super. 42 super pals. But not super friends. That's a different thing. That's a different thing. That's DC. <laughs> oh my god, end it. End it. That's the pod. <laughs> That's the pod. Thank you so when much. When the moon is like a big pizza pie. That's the pod. Thank you guys. You can find us on Twitter at uh, Pressing Pod. And you can find us on Instagram at Pressing Issues Pod. Um, that's all I really feel like hawking today. Oh, great. Uh, <laughs> next week, or sorry, two weeks from now, we'll be covering... X-Men! Some X-Men! Oh, what about when they used that theme when... Oh, yeah! I was like, get out of here, Elfman! You, oh, you goose? Um, goose. Um, for our final episode of our Origins and Entry Points um, mini-series. And it's going to be Giant Size X-Men, which is the 1975 relaunch. Mm-hmm. And New X-Men, which is the 2003... So we're finally going to talk... About Grant Morrison. About your favourite person. Bye, everyone. We love you. We love you. Thank you for listening.